This morning we're continuing our new new series of lessons focused here on the Ten Commandments. Proverbs 22 and verse 28 warns us, do not move the ancient boundary marks. And as we learned last Sunday in our introductory lesson, that is indeed the root problem with our society today. We have moved the ancient boundary marks. We've lost our sense of right and wrong. We've experienced the decay of our moral foundations. We've forgotten our source of truth and values. In two words, no boundaries. No boundaries. Now why exactly are boundaries so important to our lives? Well, can you imagine driving on our roads today without any boundaries? Without any you know, rules and regulations, without any of these signs that are up here to guide you? What if everybody just drove as fast as they wanted, whatever side of the road they wanted, and didn't stop if they didn't want to, and they just... You know, everybody just did their own thing however they felt was right. It'd be total chaos. Already is chaos out there on the roads today. Can't imagine what it would be like without these road signs, without these rules and these regulations. And the same is true of life. As we're trying to navigate the course of our lives... We need road signs. We need boundaries. We need uh, rules and regulations, things to keep us on the right side of the road, the narrow road, so that we can get to where we want to get safely. X, Roman numeral 10, how God's people live. This morning, this lesson focuses on the very first of these Ten Commandments, putting God first. Follow along in your Bible as I read today's text. Exodus chapter 20. We'll pick it up again with verse 1. God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. And so the very first of the Ten Commandments is found here in verse 3. You shall have no other gods before me. What do you think that means? What is this boundary, this road sign asking of us? Well, let's take a closer look at this boundary together. You shall have no other gods before me. The Apostle Paul put it this way. So very well, I think, in 1 Corinthians 8, verses 4-6. through There is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is but one God, the Father. There we are. (laughs) From whom all things came and for whom we live. And so simply stated, this first commandment is putting God first. Putting God first. Now, Why is this the first among the Ten Commandments? Was that just by accident? (laughs) I mean, did God just randomly give us a list of ten things here and He didn't really have an order in mind? I don't think so either. I think this is first because this belongs first among all of the commandments. This is the very first boundary for a reason. I call it, those of you that have heard me talk about this before, I I call it the vest button principle. (laughs) Whether it's a vest or a sweater or a shirt that you're buttoning up, the secret 
to putting on something that buttons up is you got to get the first button in the correct hole, right? Because if you get the first button in the correct hole, then all the other ones line up. But if you miss the first one, if you get this wrong, then you got to, you know, it's all cattywampus. And that's exactly what is the case here with this commandment. We've got to get this one. If we don't get this one, none of the other commandments will line up as they should. You shall have no other gods before me. So what is a God that we might put before the one true God? Well, it could be anything that steals our time, our energy, our resources, our thought life away from God. Anything that occupies more of our attention or devotion than God Himself. Anything that comes before God in our priorities. Anything that would demote God to second place in our Rise. Okay, it's your turn to talk to me. All right. Usually I talk to you, but now you get to talk to me. What are some examples of other gods in our lives? Come on. Money. Money. Okay. TV. TV. All right, that could be a good one. Clothing. Clothing. Jewelry. Jewelry. A what? A horse? A beautiful horse. Okay. Kids. Kids could be. Come on. Pretty hound. Pretty hound. You tell we're correct. <laughs> Pretty hound dog, all right? <laughs> well, I made a list. Let me, let me just read. This is not exhaustive. I just made a list of a few. Money, we already mentioned that. Possessions, remember we talked about stuff a few Sundays ago. The things that are in our lives, the gadgets, our, our work, our job, our career. Do you think that that becomes a God to some people? Yeah, absolutely. Relationships, we kind of mentioned that. But family, could be kids, could be a wife, could be you know some other family member, uh, friends, the opposite sex, a relationship with, with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, a husband or wife, that could become a God to us, I think. Addictions, habits, aren't those in reality gods to us? Pleasure, recreation, entertainment. In our culture today, computers... The internet, smartphones, you know, boy, those things. I see people walking around, you know, they just cannot get their fingers off of their smartphone for whatever reason. Hobbies, interest. Can, can we not put sometimes the things we like to do ahead of God? Absolutely. How about church? Could church, could religion become a God to it? I know some people who love the church more than they love God. Sad as that is. I'm sure we could go on and on, but you get the idea. You shall have no other gods before me, God says. Let's get down to some practical conclusions. I want us to talk about this first boundary with using the acrostic first, F-I-R-S-T. And, and we're going to suggest five practical areas where we should give God first priority before and above anyone or anything else in our lives. And the first is... The F is finances. Let's get the sticky one out of the way first, shall we? 1 Timothy 6 and verse 9 warns us, people who long to be rich soon begin to do all kinds of wrong things to get money, things that hurt them and make them evil-minded and finally send them to hell itself. For the love of money is the first step toward all kinds of sin. Some people have even turned away from God because of their love for it. 
Let's read Jesus' words in Matthew 6 and verse 24 out loud together. Would you read this with me? You can't worship two gods at once. Loving one god, you'll end up hating the other. Adoration of one feeds contempt for the other. You cannot worship God and money both. I mean, Jesus just lays it on the line here with us. Will we worship God or will we worship money? Will we worship God or will we worship the stuff, the things, the possessions of our lives? This is a tough one for us, I think. We've got to stop and think about that one. Just don't pass over this one too lightly because I think this is a huge test area in our lives. Now, I believe the acid test of whether or not God's actually first in our finances is our giving to God. Our giving to God. Proverbs 3 and verse 9 tells us to honor the Lord by giving Him whatever you have left over. Is that what it says? No, it says honor the, the Lord by giving Him the first part. Don't miss that. The first part of all your income. Not some of your income. All of your income. Deuteronomy 14 verse 23 reminds us that the purpose of tithing is to teach you to put God first in your lives. Isn't that interesting? Why does God teach us to tithe? Not because He needs the money. Can we get that straight? God doesn't need money. Oh, we say, well, we've got to pay the bills of the church. Well, yeah, that's practical stuff, I suppose, and it's important. But you know what? God does not need your money. In fact, God doesn't really want your money. He wants you. <laughs> and the way He knows that He's going to get you is by your giving. If you are giving Him the first part, not the leftovers, but the first part of everything that you earn, every piece of income that comes your way, no matter how it comes, if you give God the first part, then God knows that your heart belongs to Him and you're putting Him first in your finances. Now, let me say one other word about this. This is not just for rich people. Can we understand that? We're talking about finances. You don't have to have a lot of money for finances to be a god to you. You could have very little money. You could be scraping to get by. And if you aren't giving to God, if you aren't giving Him the first part of your income, you've got a problem, even if you're making just a little bit. This is not just for those who make gobs. This is for us who make just a little bit. God has got to be first in your giving. You've got to put Him first. You say, well, I can't afford to give. No, you can't afford not to give. You've got to give. If you don't give, watch out because that, that money, that the things that you have can become so easily a God to you in your life. So, how can we live within this first boundary? Putting God first by putting Him first in our finances. Now, the I stands for interest. Interests. Hobbies. Things you like to do. Proverbs 3 and verse 6 urges us, in everything you do, put God first. And He will direct you and crown your efforts with success. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31 puts it this way, So whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Colossians 3 verse 17 simply says, Whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. See, the key word in those verses is the word do. God must be first in all that we do. All of our interests, our time, our hobbies, the things that we like to do. Now, I believe that the acid test for whether or not God is actually first in our interests is our serving God. 
Our serving God. Look what Jesus said in Mark 10, verses 43-45. through He says, If one of you wants to be great, you must be the servant of the rest. And if one of you wants to be first, you must be the slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served. He came to serve and to give His life. See, our service to God and our service to others... If we if we have a little spare time, what's the first thing you think of? Wow, I wonder how I can chill out. You know, I wonder I wonder if there's a good program on television. I wonder if there's something I can do. You know, it's I, I love this hobby. I think I'll spend my time on it. When you have spare, do you ever when you have spare time ever think about? Gee, I could go serve God some way. I could go serve the needs of somebody else. I could minister to somebody who really has a need. I could give myself to serving somebody and serving the Lord at the same time. Think about that. So how can we live within this first bounty, putting God first? By putting Him first in our interests. The R stands for relationships. Relationships. I love this passage. Moses warned the Israelites in Deuteronomy 13, if your very own brother, your son or daughter, or the wife you love, or your closest friend secretly entices you, saying, let's go and worship other gods, do not yield to him or listen to him. Isn't that a great Scripture? I mean, the point here, I think, is that we must never allow any relationship, family member or friend, to come between us and God. Yes, even our boyfriend or our girlfriend, our husband or our wife, God must always be first and they must fall behind God. That's a tough one. God must be first before and above anyone else in our life. Now, Jesus was pretty blunt about this in Luke 14 and verse 26. Remember, that was our text recently when we were talking about discipleship and the worshiping principle. Let's read it out loud together. Read it with me, would you? You cannot be my disciple unless you love me more than you love your father and mother, your wife and children, and your brothers and sisters. You might remember the actual word there is hate. Remember that? you got to hate. Your father and mother, your wife and children, your brothers and sisters. The word Masao in the Greek is a word of comparison. Our love for God, our love for Jesus should be so intense and so deep that our love for other people would look like hate in comparison because we love Him so much. That's a tough one. That's a real tough one. Now I believe the acid test of whether or not God's actually first in our relationships is our obeying God. Our obeying God. In John 14, verse 15, Jesus said, If you love Me, you will obey what I command. Now, that doesn't get much clearer than that. I mean, the point is that we are to choose God always first rather than running with the crowd, rather than giving in to peer pressure. If there's ever any person that is drawing us away from God, Taking more of our time, more of our interest, more of our energy, more of our resource. Somebody's doing that more than God. Watch out. Watch out because he or she's becoming a God in your life. You've got to choose to obey Jesus first. Always. Don't let anybody ever say, hey, come over here. Let's do this. No. Choose to obey God. First, So how can we live within this first boundary, putting God first? By putting Him first in our relationships. Now the S stands for schedule. God must be first in our 
schedule. Notice what Paul writes, Ephesians 5, verses 15 and 16. Live life then with a due sense of responsibility, not as men who do not know the meaning and purpose of life, but as those who do. Make the best use of your time despite all the difficulties of these days. Don't miss that phrase. Make the best use of your time. Time management (laughs) is in fact a godly principle. Make the best use of your time. God must be first in our schedule, our appointment, on our calendar. How we use our time, God must get the best and the first portion of it. Now I believe that one of the primary acid tests of whether or not God is actually first in our schedule is our worshiping God. Our worshiping God. God. John 4 and verse 23, Jesus told us the time is coming and is already here when people will worship the Father as He really is, offering Him the true worship that He wants. And folks, I'll tell you, that time is now. <laughs> Worshiping God must be a top priority in our schedules. So how do we know if that's true? How do we know if we're really the worshipers that God is looking for, He's searching for? You've got to ask yourself these two questions. First of all, am I giving God the first part of each and every day? in personal worship. Call it what you may. Quiet time, time alone with God, daily devotions, whatever you choose to call it. Does God get the top slot in each and every one of your days? Do you begin your day first with God in His Word and in prayer, just in communion with God, worshiping God for who He is? Is that a a priority for you to do that at the beginning of each and every day? And then secondly, ask yourself the question, am I giving God the first day of every week? In public worship. Is our time together in worship each Sunday a top priority in your schedule? I'm amazed sometimes when I hear people talk about church on Sunday. Yeah, I came to church this I had somebody say this to me not too long ago. I came to church this morning because I didn't have anything else to do. After they said that, I thought, I wonder if they're embarrassed <laughs> by what they just said. I mean, because people are drawing us. I mean, there's all kinds of things we could do. Are you true? Is that right? On Sunday morning, I mean, there's other things you could do. And there's things, believe me, Satan's going to tempt you to go this way or that way, to get busy with this or get busy with that. And we're going to talk about the Sabbath day and keeping it holy here in just a few weeks and what that actually means in regard to Sunday and worship and all. But am I giving God the first day of every week in public worship. Is that the first thing I do? And it would take something major to interrupt that. I'm not saying that you shouldn't miss a Sunday. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not one of those kind of hard-nailed guys. But you know what? It should be rare. There should be a real valid reason. Like Pastor Tom said a couple Sundays ago, your ministry is being here. That's an important thing. For you to do so, how can we live within this first boundary, putting God first by putting Him first in our schedule? The T stands for troubles. God must be first, even in the midst of our troubles. Notice what Jesus said in Matthew chapter six: Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Is that not true? (laughs) Someone once said, worry is the warning light that God is not first in my life. That's a sobering thought. 
Now, I believe that the acid test of whether or not God's actually first in our troubles is our trusting God. Our trusting God. Not just in the good times, but in the bad times as well. Let's read Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7 out loud together. Would you read this with me? Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. With thankful hearts, offer up your prayers and requests to God. Then God will bless you and with a peace that no one completely understands. And this peace will control the way you think and feel. You know that peace? I've known it. Sometimes I haven't known it. <laughs> as a confession because I'm too busy worrying. But when I really release it to God, when I pray, I turn my worries into prayers and I trust God. That's what this is all about. He gives me a peace in the midst of the troubles that I cannot begin to explain to you. You with me on that? Yes. So, how can we live within this first boundary? Putting God first by putting Him first in our troubles. So using the acrostic, F-I-R-S-T, first. Here are five practical areas in our daily lives that we should give God first priority before anyone or anything else. In our finances, as seen in our giving. In our interest, as seen in our serving. In our relationships, as seen in our obeying. In our schedule, as seen in our worshiping. And in our troubles, as seen in our trusting. Now that's not an exhaustive list, but that's a pretty good place to start. Would you agree? Yeah, if God can be first in those five areas, we're well on our way to learning how God can be truly first in our lives. X, how God's people live. This morning we've taken a closer look at the first of these Ten Commandments, putting God first. The vest button principle. Here in Exodus 20, verse 3, You shall have no other gods before Me, God says. Now this coming week, let me challenge you to join me in three things. We talked about these last Sunday, but I want to reinforce them again today. First of all, I want you to memorize today's commandment. It's a pretty simple one this week. It's written out there for you in your notes. It's in your Bible. It's verse 3. Let's all commit this verse to memory and recite it. Let's say it out loud several times a day. You shall have no other gods before me. Say that again with me. You shall have no other gods before me. See, you already got to memorize. So just keep working on it. Keep saying it over and over again during the course of this week that lies ahead. The second thing I want to ask you to do is to discuss today's commandment with others. Tell those around you, hey, my church is studying the Ten Commandments and this week's command is you shall have no other gods before me. And then ask them, what do you think that means? What does it look like when a person puts God first in his or her life. Now, don't just ask that of your Christian friends. Ask that of some of your non-Christian friends, those who don't yet know Christ. You'll be interested to hear their response. It actually is a good conversation starter, i found. When I've asked people, what do you think it means? I mean, people know the Ten Commandments, kind of. And so, you know, just ask them, hey, we're studying these. What do you think this means? And you'll get a response. It'll stretch your thinking, perhaps. And the third thing I want to ask you to do is to apply this commandment throughout the week. Ask God to reveal to you how you can live out this commandment in your daily life and look for specific instances where you need to work at applying this commandment, where you need to do a better job of putting God first. Maybe it might be in one of these five areas we just talked about. Your finances, your interests your relationships, your schedule, your troubles. 
Might be another area God reveals to you. I can guarantee you, if you ask God to show you where you're not putting Him first in your life, He will show you. God delights in that because He wants your obedience.